Welcome to Off Screen. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is your seven day guide to everything movies whilst on lockdown. Boom. Oh, we've updated it. We've added the whilst on lockdown well, I thought, thing. Nice. I thought, you know, let's keep it topical, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it current. Let's keep it current. Definitely. <laughs> I can't wait till we don't have to say that, but, you know. <laughs> I know. Don't, do you miss screening rooms as much as I do? Yes. I actually miss seeing people, I think is the thing. Yeah. Virtual. Um, we managed to we, we managed to speak to our neighbours across the fence who got absolutely trashed watching um, Tiger King, and we're just <laughs> we're just shouting Carol Baskin over the fence whilst playing beer pong, and it was hilarious. So you know, most, that, that sounds like a good day. Yeah, it was a good day. You would have enjoyed it more because there's some hotties there. Uh, but <laughs> oh, but it was uh, yeah, it's just getting to that point where I just think it'd be nice to see some other people in the flesh that aren't delivery people. <laughs> Or people who aren't on screens, because yes. I think those are the only yes. people we're seeing. That is now. true. That is true. So, so speaking of screens, then of course, uh, all of our uh, what would be our theatrical offerings are basically streaming offerings this week, yeah. but with usually with a little bit of a twist. So let's talk about our first film of the week, which is a Netflix release. Yes. So this is uh, Love Wedding Repeat, which is a sort of a, a wedding set rom com, I guess, starring Sam Clay Flynn. Uh, the woman I would describe as Hollywood Bex Perfect, Olivia Munn, <laughs> and uh, and I believe Tim Key is in there as well. The the comedian poet Tim Key, who works for Talk Radio occasionally, <laughs> is is on is in there as well. Um, who I think we will have crossed paths with. So take us through the plot then, Bex. Okay. This so like? this film, as you've mentioned, stars Sam Claflin and also Olivia Munn, and Sam plays a guy called Jack whose sister Haley is getting married and she is getting married in this beautiful Italian villa and everyone has flown over for it, including her friend Dina, a, an American friend who's visited a few times and met Sam Claflin's Jack about three years ago. They had an incredible weekend getting to know each other and he kind of loses the courage to actually make a move all those years ago. So when they come together at the wedding, he thinks now's his chance, but Things don't quite go to plan, and as a result, it's chaos. Got a bit of a problem, Mark Fisher. He's saying that he's in love with me, and he's threatening to go full on psycho and ruin my wedding. This is the sleep medicine that I've been taking. It would knock him out for hours. Really? Just put a couple of drops of that in his champagne glass. There has to be another way. There is no other there way. There is. There, is there has to be. Please. There, is there has to be. Haley. Hey. Hey. Your sister is an angel, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Clayflin there giving his yeah best, I think. <laughs> you, are, you a fan of Clayflin? Yes, I am. I think, you know what, I, I when I first saw him, the first few choices that he made, like Pirates of the Caribbean, stuff to get him kind of off the ground, then onto the Hunger Games and things, I was a bit like, oh, here we go. It's another one of those kind of very generic kind of actors. But actually, he's done really varied stuff. And I think watching him come back into a rom-com has been quite fun. And, mm. um, you know, as a result, we're we're kind of seeing another side to him and he's good in this uh i think he's good in it i think olivia munn's in it i think there's too much of a similarity between this and or it's too much of a try hard similarity of this film with um four weddings and a funeral in a way um and actually the whole i could understand yeah the whole relationship british guy who and i have to say sam claflin almost mirrors um hugh grant in some aspects on this uh which (laughs) I just, I think it's quite lazy, actually, which is a shame. Uh, he could have done something a bit different with it. And then obviously Olivia Munn's character is American, so you've got that British guy, American girl, doesn't quite work out what happens at the end, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so it's it's good. It's, um, 
You liked I it. Liked I liked it. it. I tell you why I liked it, and I think audiences will like it more than critics, is because it's an easy, easy watch. There's not too much to Fair. think about. There's funny characters in there that will just get you laughing when you need to. The plot does lose its way, I suppose, a third of the way through, because it's got this kind of sci-fi element to it where you can like rewind the wedding and see what happens. Right, can, can I just can I just explain this for someone yeah, who hasn't okay. seen it? Anyone who hasn't seen the, the trailer for the film but has seen the TV show Community, uh, think that episode where they introduce the roll of the dice and the darkest timeline. They try to do that with this wedding, but they only do it twice, and for my money, they don't sketch out the concept quite as well as, definitely not as well as Community did in 20 minutes. Uh, this has about an hour and 40, and I think it doesn't really define that comedic gimmick too well for me. I think it just feels like there's a do-over, you know, for reasons. Yeah, yeah. I like the way it's set up at the beginning. There's this, like, uh, voiceover that basically... That's like, isn't that, like, who is it? Is it Judy Dench? I don't know. It sounds like Judy Dench or Maggie Smith or someone, but it <laughs> it kind of sends you down this, like, where's this going kind of path, and it's it's a nice setup. Um, there's elements about it that I really enjoyed. I do think I enjoyed two thirds of this film, if I'm being completely honest. You think? Yeah, that's okay, the way I thought. Okay, that's it. fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but overall, I think the performances are good. There are some really funny moments. I'm trying to think of the name of the actor. The guy in the kilt is really funny in it. Oh, that's Tim Key. That's, that's Tim, Tim Key. Key. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, he yeah. gets loads of great lines in this, and mm. he for me kept it really fresh and going. So. Overall, yeah. I think there's lots more it could have done, but generally it's okay. So for me, it's kind of one thumb up. How about you, Ben? One thumb up. I'll, I'll go with. I'll go with one. I'll yeah. go with one thumb up as well. Yeah. I watched it. I, I wasn't overly entertained by it, but I didn't like get bored enough to want to turn it off. Exactly. So one thumb. Yeah. Good. Yeah. One good. Thumb. Let me talk really quickly about the host, which is out on on digital on Friday. So this is one you know you you, you pay to the digital copy of. This is uh, best described as a British version of Psycho starring Dougie from Busted. What? That's uh, so Dougie from McFly, sorry. Dougie, uh, Dougie Pointer from McFly. Right, now I didn't know who he was until after the film. <laughs> so, oh, right. Okay. I'm, I'm that out of touch that I just did not know who Dougie from McFly actually was. Despite the fact that I don't think I've met two members of McFly. I know nothing of McFly. I'm too old. So, uh, directed by Andy Newbery and starring uh, Mariam Husseini, this is the basically the plot of Psycho, right. but applied to a sort of British banker who, uh, you know, absconds with the money, has to fulfil a debt for a gangster, go on, do a job, and then basically the plot of Psycho. Um, it is kind of brilliantly crap in its own wonderful way. I mean, it's, it's naff, but it's fun naff. Like, you know where it's going from minute one. It's very odd. They make no bones about this is just Psycho. We're not doing anything else. We're just doing Psycho because we can. And uh, Mary Mussini, I, I thought, was very good in it. I thought she played a sort of great uh, feminine sort of take on, on Anthony Perkins' Psycho character on Norman Bates. Um, the uh, male cast aren't particularly remarkable. You know, Dougie from McFly's <laughs> there. Make of that what you will. You know, um, but again, all about uh, Miriam. Uh, ha- I think it's Hasuni. I think I mean Miriam Hasuni. And okay, she's the reason to see it. She's clearly having a ball, and that 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 infectious uh, infectious side does carry over. You do get into it, but it isn't anything you haven't seen. Before. Okay, you, if you've seen Psycho, you've seen. You literally see it if you want to see Psycho with a member of McFly. Right. I'm not sure that I want to see that. but let me... <laughs> It's a very narrow remit. Yeah, niche market. Niche market. Um, okay. Have one thumb. One thumb. One thumb. Okay, fair enough. Should one we thumb. move swiftly on? Because there's another offering out there. 
Yep, okay, another offering we've got this week. We've got The Banker, starring uh, uh, Anthony Mackie and Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. L. Jackson. Yep. And Nicholas Holt. Let's not yes, yes. I, and actually, I watched this uh, only a couple of nights ago. It's available on Apple TV+. And it's re- I really enjoyed it because it's a true story, actually happened, and was interesting. I mean, I wish I understood formulas and numbers and general banking chat a bit better, but that's about it. So the basic premise, this is sort of almost Black Klansman in reverse, (laughs) one one way of looking at it. So this is about two uh, black businessmen, one younger aspiring property tycoon played by Anthony Mackie. I think he's, uh, is he Bernard Garrett? Yes, Bernard Garrett. Garrett, Eventually Bernard Garrett Sr., played by Anthony Mackie, who discovers in the 1950s that he is uh, is basically victimised, he's excluded, he's turned away for attempts to buy property simply because of his race. He teams up with Samuel L. Jackson and they in turn hire a white man to be the, the public face of their business. He's played by Nicholas Holt. Of course, this leads to a giant court battle about the nature of racism and business practices. I think you should tread carefully now. I can talk at length about that. Or I can sum it up with this. The dress code. Mr. Garrett, you are out of order, sir. I'm not finished. Out of order. You can't get a loan. You can't own a home. You can't start a business. Mr. Garrett, you have been warned. Which means you can't build wealth. Mr. Garrett! And you're excluded from the American dream. Sergeant at arms, remove the witness. Why is it so important to you to exclude an entire race of people from the American dream? Mackie on fine form. I thought this was very good. I thought this was really good. Um, it is it is complex in terms of having to understand mm. how everything works, but you've got three key characters who all bring something very different to it. And I think if you didn't have Samuel L. Jackson um, having his character sort of as that wilder kind of like Al Pacino kind of character. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a very large performance, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, but you need it because Anthony Mackie is so scaled back. And then Nicholas Holt mm. is like very green. Like it's very, yeah. uh, very. Um, I suppose I like naive. him. I liked him in it, yeah. Mm. And actually, I loved. It's my classic thing that I love with a true story: seeing all the real pictures in the credits. Of course, works yes. so well. But it's an interesting story about how essentially these two black guys uh, bought out loads of properties initially and made a profit on it, became really successful, and then took it one step further and tried to buy banks, and that's when everything kind of went wrong. Um, and if you're fascinated by that, I think this is definitely the movie to catch up on. So Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. God, there's so many out there to mention, aren't there? <laughs> I know, um, I know. Very much worth your time. So two thumbs yeah, up, one I thumb give up. It, I, give it, I give it one and three quarters. I did think it was a bit long. It's only two hours, but it's yeah. a bit long because of the jargon. I'm going to give it uh, one and a half thumbs. I am going to say I kept drawing parallels between uh, Samuel L. Jackson's performance and Bokeem Woodbine in Queen and Slim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which... Very similar performances. I thought it was. I, I thought they did different things with it, but I thought Jackson was great in this. Uh, big fan of Anthony Mackie. Though, yes, and it's good to that. see him away so, from Avengers in this, in something like yeah, this. Imagine that. But this actually reteams him with the director of the Adjustment Bureau that I had forgotten he was oh, in. Yes, of course. So that's the banker, and uh, that is out now on Apple TV Plus. Welcome back to Off Screen, and as ever, although we are on lockdown, we are still giving you all the top t- movies to watch on TV. I was going to say TVs to watch <laughs> yeah, on movies. This is this is what, yeah, like, what about the best tea to drink with your movies. We could Ooh, do that. The best yeah. tea to have with your movies. Or gin. <laughs> 
<laughs> whichever way you're going people tea or gin um kicking off this week actually movies on tv i'm excited the wolf of wall street is on tv and i i'm definitely up for a revisit of this i think so i think now is the perfect amount of because obviously we have long days to fill you know if you can if you can sky plus yourself for three and a half is it like three and a half hours something uh, crazy like that yeah i mean michael yeah. you can just watch michael douglas for for days you're thinking of Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street. No, Leo. you're right. Oh my goodness! <laughs> hey, Although both, both are both are equally awesome. I am, to be fair, yeah. and both performances are great. Do you know what? Uh, this is of course the what? Wolf of Wall Street. Do you know what? Yeah, I'm. This is literally lockdown fever. I think I'm going Dulali here. The Wolf of Wall Street, Scorsese, Leo, brilliant. Some of the most quotable lines. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> I'm back in the eighties. Yeah, but having said that, as you say, they're like Wall Street, very quotable lines. Great movie, Oliver Stone. Yeah, Charlie Sheen. Threw me when you said it was like three hours long. I was like, okay, maybe it was. (laughs) But okay, we're not going to talk about Wall Street. We're talking about the Wolf of Wall Street, which is, of course, uh, true story of based on the true story of Jordan Belfort, played for the screen here by uh, Leo, played by DiCaprio himself uh, in a film uh, directed by Martin Scorsese that pushes the three-hour mark that got Jonah Hill his second bit of critical uh, acting love, which I don't think anyone ever. It was the Quaalude scene, wasn't it? It was the Quaalude scene. And of course, it's the story of how Jordan Belfort ascended the ranks of Wall Street to become the face of just about everything that was wrong with corrupt financial practices. I've got a clip for you of uh, Leo proving his worth to uh, what he would see as stockbrokers lower on the rung than himself. John, one thing I can promise you, even in this market, is that I never ask my clients to judge me on my winners. I ask them to judge me on my losers because I have so few. And in the case of Aerotine, based on every technical factor out there, John, we are looking at a grand slam home run. Okay, let's do it. I'll do four grand. Four thousand, that'd be 40,000 shares, John. Let me lock in that trade right now and get back to you with my secretary with an exact confirmation. Sound good, John? Yeah, good. Great. Hey, John, thank you for your vote of confidence and welcome to the Investor Center. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. How'd you f- do that? <laughs> I love that film so much. I do as well. And you know what? I've just started reading the, well, listening to the audiobook. And it's, um, I don't think it is Jordan Belfort who's actually uh, narrating it, but whoever it is sounds exactly like you'd expect it to sound. And it's brilliant. <laughs> so if you if you want to read as well as uh, watch the movie, I definitely recommend doing that as well. It's on at an awkward time. So I think it's on at 10 p.m. on Saturday night. And it's also on ITV. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a you know three hour plus movie, so this might be a record and watch on the Sunday. I just want to keep job, it, and but... you'd want to keep it in your recording bank anyway because it's such a good movie. It's a great. Yeah, it's so good. Also, we we forget this movie gave us Margot Robbie. Yes, it did. Yeah, this is a th- well, she was in Pan Am before this. Okay, which I actually said yeah. no, I know, but I loved Pan Am. I really loved that, and I thought she did a really good job in that with Christina Ricci and stuff. But this this is the movie that made her. It did. And she's only supposed to be like 22 or 24 when she's in this. I forget which one. You're like, really? Yeah, she's only like 27 now. Oh, I did not know that. I okay, I thought she was like yeah. 32. No, 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 no. Okay, so um, let's just go to Sunday, Miss Perfect. What do you got for me? Okay, oh, God, this is a classic. I hope I've got this one right. It's Twister, ITV, 1.50pm. Perfect timing here for a Sunday. Uh, Twister, the Helen Hunt tornado chasing movie. Am I right? You got it. You got, got it. What? So it right. is not the. It's not the. It's not the Ashley Judd serial killer thriller twisted. If that's what you were hoping for, no. but uh, it, yeah. It- 
Bill Paxton. Did you did you remember that Philip Seymour Hoffman was in this? Yes, because I rewatched it not too many years ago, and I saw him, and I was like, "What is Philip Seymour Hoffman doing in this?" But he's there. Yeah. And it's got one of the one of the things that every film needs. I'm going to go back on this this statement later a little bit, but uh, it's got the one thing that every film needs, and that's Carrie Elwes as a sleazy English accented villain. Nice. Which every movie needs. He's like the rival. He's the leader of a rival team of tornado chasing scientists, and the pair of them are basically trying to launch these experimental sensor bins into a tornado, so that the resulting sensors can confirm once and for all how a tornado works, and they can predict the tornado twisters coming, and they can save lives and to save them from basically what we're going to describe now. That was a good sized twister. What was that? An F three? Solid F two. See now you've lost me again. It's the Fujita scale. It measures the intensity of a tornado by how much it eats. Eats? Destroys. Little uh, encounter we had back there is a strong F2, F3 maybe. Bet we see some F4s today. That'd be sweet. Four is good. Four will relocate your house fairly efficiently. (laughs) Is there an F5? What would that be like? The finger of God. None of you have ever seen an F5. Just one of us. Because as Helen Hunt knows, you never face off against an F5. No. Oh, an F5. Do you know what? If you watch, <laughs> if you watch this when you when it first came out, and you were, I probably was about like ten or something when I watched this. I wanted to be a storm chaser. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to chase tornadoes, and I want to be as cool. I as can Helen see Hunt. you in combat. pants. Yeah, exactly. Combat pants and a vest. Yeah, and a, VW, and a VW van just going after it. Of course. <laughs> I can see it now. I can see it now. The perfect storm. Ah. <laughs> anyway, that is okay, so. that is Twister ITV 1:50 p.m. on Sunday. Do not miss it. It's brilliant. It is. It really is. And also, we all remember the cow. Don't of course. We? We all remember. R.I.P. The cow. Um, what's happening on Monday, Van? So Monday, we're going to speed this up a bit for you. So on Monday, we've got Sam Raimi's first studio movie. Now, Sam Raimi, once upon a time, tried to get the rights to The Shadow. He failed. He tried to get the rights to Batman. He failed. So instead, he went and invented his own comic book-style superhero, and his name was Darkman. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to let him explain it for himself. I'm everyone. And no one. Everywhere. So he is a disfigured scientist with superhuman strength, murderous, vengeful intent, and the ability to disguise himself as anybody. And he's played by Liam Neeson. What's not to love? It's got a Danny Elfman score, so it sounds kind of like old-school Batman. Um, it's it's kind of a cult classic now. It's got okay. uh, the late Larry Drake as the villain Durant. It spawned... Uh, Two sequels. Uh, the third, the, the third movie is uh, has one of my favourite titles for any sequel ever, and that's uh, Darkman Three: Die, Darkman Die. <laughs> I was gonna say, I love it. I was gonna say it sounds naff until you mentioned Liam Neeson, and I was like, okay, I'm in. Oh, well. I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> and the love interest is fr- the love interest is a young Francis McDormand as well. Oh wow! So gosh, when was this yeah. out? This was 1990. This is so worth checking. If you've never seen no, it, do I've check never seen it. it. But we've got to move on anyway to one that didn't get much attention when it was out. Uh, on Tuesday, on Sony Movies at quarter past 11, this is a tight, tidy, you know, fast-paced thriller. And it's Premium Rush with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I actually haven't seen this film. 
Um, but I'm a big fan of his work. Like Looper, for me, uh, oh, one of my favorite films of all time. So tell me a little bit about what we can expect from Premium Rush. So Premium Rush is uh, a sort of a, a fast-paced action thriller starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a New York bicycle messenger who is hired to deliver a package from point A to point B. Said package draws the attention of a corrupt police officer played by none other than Michael Shannon. And of yeah. course, it becomes it becomes a race against the clock to deliver packages from point A to point B whilst fending off the copper. But of course, it all has to have a subtext as well, and it feeds into our intrepid Lee's views on the world itself. You believe in luck? Yeah, but you know, as the Taoists believed in luck, the Buddha rejected all that. He insisted on cause and effect. What kind of bike messenger are you? <laughs> <laughs> you still haven't answered my original question. Aren't you afraid of dying? I mean, the way you ride... Now, you want to know what scares me is what happened to my friends who just got out of law school? That is collective insanity. Compared to that, going down Broadway at 50 with no brakes is fine. Sounds good. The bike wants to go fast. It's steadier that way. I've never been hurt going all out. It's just the, the hesitation that'll kill you. So you're one of those guys. No brakes. No, I hate brakes. Brakes and <sighs> death. No breaks for this man. That's how he lives. That is a nice. I mean, that is a nice little selection overall to just kind of get you guys going on the TV. A good kind of variant from Bike Man through to Dark Man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Off Screen, and we're keeping you on that couch. Where else are you going to go? It's lockdown, but we'll keep the telly on for you. We'll make sure you've got a good movie to watch as you go. So uh, let's start then, Bex, on Wednesday night. I don't know if you know this, but this next week, uh, ITV4 are running a nightly Rocky marathon. Oh, lockdown just got a little bit easier. <laughs> lockdown just became a throwdown. Yeah. That's what it did. Well, you can't say throwdown. That's wrestling. Oh, okay, fair enough. But there were a, a punch down? I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We've got uh, Rocky 3, which I think after Rocky 4 is the best Rocky movie, if we're honest. I, th- I think that's the case. Remind me of the key characters in Rocky 3. I'll do better than that. I'll give you a clip of one of them. Bad boy, your family doing real nice, ain't it? You call yourself a fighter? Prove it not. Give me that same chance. The way he's been ducking is the disgrace. If he ain't no coward, why don't he fight me then? I can't listen anymore to this anytime. I don't care what you rank. You don't get no shot, and I mean that. I'm glad you people are seeing this. What are you doing? I want to fight this guy. Well, you got him. You'll fight him without me. What are you saying? It's finished. Yes, I'm finished. I don't want no more. I don't want no more. You understand? None of them. It's over with. It's Mr. T as Clubber Langio. Oh, Mr. T. Yes. Of course, that is why it's one of the best Rocky movies. And this, of course, also marks the final entry in the series to feature uh, Mickey, mm-hmm. to feature uh, 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 Mighty Mick, as played by uh, Burgess Meredith, a.k.a. the Penguin from 60s Batman, which is how I'll always oh remember him, of course. And this sees uh, Rocky retiring and then coming out of retirement for the first time. He'll go on to do this in nearly every movie after this as well, but... Rocky just can't stay in retirement, but he comes out of retirement to face, as you can hear from the clip, the savage likes of Clubber Lang, and of course it will take him on a journey that sees him have to adapt his style to learn new skills with the help of none other than his previous rival, Apollo Creed, played by the incredible Carl Weathers. And this movie, of course, then gave us the iconic 
Eye of the Tiger yeah. training sequence with the, the the most homoerotic, uh, you know, short shorts hug in the ocean. Was it uh, this scene. one? So we haven't seen it on Rocky one or two. No, no, no. It's not in Rocky one. A lot of what we associate with the legacy of Rocky actually comes from Rocky three. Wow. It's strange. That's crazy. But then, therefore, well worth a watch on ITV four at nine o'clock. It's uh, how neatly sagged. I like yeah, that. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I, I aim to help out where I can. <laughs> um, it is good. And if you're up for a Rocky Marathon, then stay tuned to ITV4. Press that, press that record button and keep tuned to what it's got coming up over the coming weeks. Indeed. So I think you start on Monday with Rocky 1. I know Rocky 5 is on the Friday, so I, I don't know if they're stopping there, if they're carrying on through like the Creed movies. I'm not entirely sure. That would be amazing. But I can tell you, though, that on Thursday night at 8 o'clock on 5 Star... There is something of a doozy of a cult classic comedy going on. You must be a fan of this. I've never seen it. <laughs> You've never seen White Chicks? Oh my God, I'm sure. I know, right? Oh my God, you sounded so like a teenage girl. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of the point. I'll say what, I'll, pr- I'll prove the point for you after I explain what the concept of White Chicks is. Do, are you aware I of the I do movie? know the you concept know of, it? of it. Do you know what? It bypassed me in my teenage years and I just never really kind of picked it back up. Well, the thing about this as well is now, when you watch it back, you've got to remember that this movie came out at a very specific time in sort of pop culture, and it came out around the time of uh, Paris and Nicole. Yeah. You know, The Simple Life, things like that. So the idea is you have two FBI agents, brothers, played by the Wayans brothers. I think, is it Sean and... Not Sean. Damon, isn't it? Oh, it's Marlon. Is it Marlon? It's not Damon. Not Damon. I think I think it is Sean and Marlon Wayans. They're FBI agents. Also happen to be brothers. They they uh, they uh, undergo a series of prosthetic makeup effects to impersonate what are effectively meant to be Paris and Nicole during an undercover mission in like the Hamptons. And of course, the iconic thing about this movie is always the music. It's always that 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 famous moment in which Terry Crews listens to "A Thousand Miles" by Vanessa Carlton and does <laughs> the dance. He would then repeat a lip-sync battle. It became a really iconic thing. My cousins, to this day, still cannot hear that song without doing the Terry Crews headbot. Uh, and I've got a clip for you of them unveiling their looks and receiving the attention of, let's just say, less than honourable men for the first time. Hey, what's up, money? You got a problem? What you looking at my ass for? Nah, yo, hold my poodle. Hold my poodle. Hey, yo, what's up? Y'all got a problem? Y'all want some of this? You want some of this, punk? What? What, boy, what? I take the ball for you, Marcus. I got this for you. Kiss my black ass. Mark, cut it out. What? He looking at me like I'm some kind of girl, man. You are a girl. And you better start acting like one or you're going to be an unemployed girl. Oh, damn. Sure like to cut that cake. Mm. Hey, yo, hold it. Hey, yo, you trying to look at my lumps? I'll pull off my G-string and on, handle mine. On, I'll handle get mine, dog. Yo, hold my poodle. I love that. <laughs> I just think... It looks like the worst prosthetics I've ever seen. <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? They look terrible. It looks ridiculous. And I'd only ever seen something close to this concept done once before. And Lenny Henry did it in 1991, I think, in a movie called True Identity, which is, if you watch it back now, even more racially insensitive oh, than this movie is on occasion. Um, I might, it is laugh-worthy. I might check it out for, like, nostalgia purposes. I just... I don't know why I missed the boat on this one, but I know it's a classic. But you know what? When we've got so many movies to watch it's hard to kind of go back and watch the old ones that you're not reviewing, and I think that's the problem. You say that, I'm going to revisit Predator 2 this week. I can't oh, wait. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah, I, want a bit of Danny, I want Danny Glover versus a Predator. So, Friday, where should we go? Do you know what? We are so lucky to have this on our TV screens, right? Friday, film four, nine o'clock. 
Get Out is uh, the Jordan Peele debut, the Oscar-nominated movie of brilliance. The Daniel Kaluuya excellently acted movie is out for you to watch. It is indeed. I, you know, I remember watching this at home once. My sister walked in and said, what are you watching? I went, get out. <laughs> she said, okay. <laughs> of course, this is the story of a young a young African-American man who goes home with his girlfriend for, I think, it's the, is it the Thanksgiving weekend? Yeah, and isn't that Alison Brie is his girlfriend in it? I'm no, Alison Brie is the one from uh, Glow. Oh. This is Alison Williams Alison. from Girls. <laughs> there we go. There, it's someone. It's Alison, someone. <laughs> this is like this is like Marvel and the Chrises, isn't yeah. it? There's too many Alisons. I'm That's so what it glad is. I'm There's not too doing many a movie quiz right now. <laughs> Because <laughs> he goes home to visit uh, his girlfriend's parents for the first time. They are played by none other than Catherine Keener and Bradley Whitford, whom I'm always happy to see in a movie. But something's not quite right for our young lead. And he starts to wonder quite what, what's going on under the surface. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> how long? <laughs> Four months. Four months? Mm. Uh, five months. Atta boy, better get used to saying that. <laughs> I please, I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. She's right. I'm wrong. <laughs> See? Does he have an off button? No. This is exhausting. I know. I want to give you a tour. Can you like go. unpack first? You want to unpack before the tour? And of course, the, the famous line from this movie is, uh, "I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could have," and that becomes the de facto yeah. sort of gag comment going back and forth. I love this movie so much. I really love it, and you know what? I love how Jordan Peele, with his like um, signature credits for his production company, has essentially a teacup and a tea uh, teaspoon stirring. Monkey paw, yeah. yeah, monkey paw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that, and um, that for me, like the sound of the teaspoon in the teacup stirring is something that kind of mm. almost begins to grate on me now from hearing, from watching this movie. And oh yeah, it's it entered the, uh, the the horror lexicon, hasn't yeah. it? The, the things that have become iconic in recent years. I mean, what a clever director Jordan Peele is. I mean, this for a debut was outstanding. And then obviously us. And Oscar winning. And Oscar winning, yeah. Sense. And also, um, I, I was being careful with that to say Oscar nominator. I couldn't quite remember what it won for. But, um, uh, screenplay, I believe. Screenplay, there you go. Well, actually, well deserved. And then, obviously, the follow-up for us is is brilliant as well. Um, uh, oh, I was a big fan of. I was a big fan of us. Yeah, and I think what I liked about it was that everyone is expecting a horror, and it was a bit more of a kind of mystery thriller. And I think it a little of, bit of Twilight Zone sci-fi. Yeah, there, isn't it, in, in it's us really as well. different. But anyway, Get Out is if you haven't seen this. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya. We said it when we reviewed Queen and Slim. He picks the most brilliant roles and he was just such a perfect casting for this his his american accent is flawless his his like wide-eyedness kind of you know it, it's oh that face that face yeah, yeah the, during that scene you know it's, it's literally the poster isn't yeah. it it's and literally the poster haven't people um manipulated that poster for um lockdown as well so there's they've changed a few oh, things yes, about yes. that yeah it's brilliant stay in stay in <laughs> <laughs> look it's brilliant and actually you've got a great selection of movies this week so ending up on get out is not a bad way to see your friday in so those are the movies for this week on tv we're going to move on to streaming real real soon 
And we're back on uh, your small screen. Again, I mean, it's surprising. We're in a lockdown. <laughs> we're definitely not going <laughs> we to... We should stop being so blown away and surprised by I this. I know. We? I'm just trying to keep it fresh in our minds because you just don't know. I feel like I'm in that... Um, what was that movie we reviewed the other week which, like, um, with uh, Image and Poots where you're just constantly... Vivarium. Vivarium. I feel a bit like we're in that. <laughs> it's a bit strange. I can imagine. I could definitely imagine. Right, we're moving on to DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, all available as of Monday the 12th. 20th of April. So, the biggest film that we could have expected at the end of last year was, of course, Star Wars. Cats. Oh, oh, oh okay. right. Okay, fine. <laughs> maybe for you, Van. Maybe for you. But actually, that night was a double whammy of screenings, wasn't it? It was Cats. It was. It was. It was. We saw both. We saw both, yeah. So, uh, I and I have seen neither, in fact, of that screening because I refused to do it because I was like, I'm not doing it when you're putting it this late at night. It's not fair. It's true. It's true. I, was being it? I, can, I can understand. Yeah. So Star Wars: so, The Rise of Skywalker. I'm sure everyone except me has seen this, but you know, if you haven't, it's on Blu-ray, right? <laughs> it is, of course. But it's been on digital for a few weeks. It's now on DVD and Blu-ray. So Rise of Skywalker, aka Star Wars Episode Nine. This is the end of the Skywalker saga, and this is a story that sees the crumbling remains of the Resistance called to action, trying to track down the seemingly returned out of nowhere Emperor Palpatine, who's revealed instantly in the opening minute of the film, has actually been pulling the strings behind the scenes the entire time, and has somehow amassed a giant uh, giant Imperial fleet that he's going to hand over to the First Order and allow them to wipe out the Resistance and enslave the galaxy once and for all. I've got a clip of the some of the you know, some of the mystery and intrigue behind his, you know, Machiavellian schemes. Where does this where does this sit for you in the ranking of Star Wars movies? Uh, let's see. Better than Solo, not as good as Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. That's wow. That hurts me to say. Yeah. Ouch. I know that. That really hurts me to say. There was. Do you know why I haven't sort of rushed to go and watch this? Is because there was such mixed reactions to it, not just mm. from critics but from fans as well. And for that reason, I was a bit like, I didn't like obsessively grow up with Star Wars when I was a kid. It, it wasn't quite... Uh, to be honest, I was watching Flash Gordon on repeat. Um, <laughs> Can't see how I blame you. Yeah, exactly. Flash Gordon rules, Exactly. Man. But with this, I, I loved The Force Awakens. I thought that worked really well. I wasn't really that fussed about the middle one, which I can't even remember. The, ah, the Last Jedi. That's interesting yeah. if you didn't like the last jedi you may enjoy this a lot more now i really like the last jedi i think the last jedi is something that star wars needed for a long time a film that stepped out and did something different with the formula uh this for me is let's just do a video game movie with star wars characters it's it's quest objects it's we've got to find object a to lead us to quest b to then retrieve item c to then you know it's, and it's lather and repeat for me yeah and it doesn't quite work. I was disappointed by the treatment of characters that I had come to really like after the previous movie. There was a lot of setup in the last movie that never gets dealt with. 
the idea of uh, force sensitivity and things like that is dealt with as this weird unspoken offhand thing that's, it, that just feels like ridiculous coincidence a lot of the time. Um, but it is a Star Wars movie, you know, it's tab A to slot B. Yeah. And if you're only in this for some blasters and some lightsaber fights, then more power to you, you'll have a good time, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think my biggest thing about it is like, how much do I need to know about the, the saga previously in order to do this? Because I just, I watch them when they come out, you know? And mm. I don't know if I have the time to then recap my Star Wars brain to get into gear to understand what's going on. And I think, you know, like the thing is, right, is that if you have something like Disney Plus, you're going to get access anyway. Yeah. So you've got that, you know, time now very to true. watch this. So Well, that's the thing as well. I, I could be harsher on it. But obviously I won't because it's on DVD. And to be fair, if you're going to go out and buy the DVD, odds are you're already invested in this anyway. So it it doesn't matter. One I will, however, say a lot more negative things about is our other DVD of the week, which is, of course, the latest remake of Black Christmas, which didn't get press shown. That's why you haven't seen it back. Yeah, I was like, (laughs) what have I missed? Because this is 2019. (laughs) It it is, yes. Um, But it didn't get press shown. I don't think anyone actually saw it. I think it was only in cinemas for about a week. And, uh, well, to be frank, it's not very good. It's a sort of feminised take. It's, it puts itself forward as a feminised take on Black Christmas, which is interesting because Black Christmas has always been a pretty feminist take anyway. It's literally a bad... You know, all slasher movies in their own way are, because slasher movies, we tend to forget, are quite feminist pictures. They're always from a female point of view, mm. nine times out of ten. You know, they are always about the final girl. You know, emphasis on the girl. You look at something like Scream. No one's going to say that Scream is a movie made from the male gaze because it's Sidney Prescott's movie. Same thing with Black Christmas. The only thing that they've done here is they have changed the characters into very much flag-waving feminists. As in, it's kind of a joke, a meta joke within the film about you know, my body, my choice is literally used as a, a line of dialogue at one point, as related to murder. That sort of a take on what is effectively a slasher over a slasher style killer over Christmas picking these girls off one by one. I'm going to put it for you. I will bring you to your knees. You beg for mercy. There. What did you just do? I said, hey, Calvin Hawthorne, why don't you come down here, bite my ass, and make me a panini on my mom's press? Oh, my... Ah! What was that? Because it was 2019, you had to have some mobile phone noises in there as well. Yeah, um, not really much of a recommendation from you, then. Not really. It does star image in Poots, though, to bring Miss Poots back into the uh, conversation oh, from like Vivarium early. Yeah, she is good, but, but not good enough to yeah, save this. Not good enough, and I, I'll watch Imogen Poots in just about anything, yeah. including Green Room, which I absolutely adore, <laughs> but uh, this is not one of her better efforts. In fact, this is really substandard to the point that Cherry Falls actually looks kind of accomplished. Do you remember Cherry Falls? Yeah, I do. About How about House of Wax? <laughs> Where's that fit with this? House of Wax, the remake, the Paris Hilton yeah, one. The re- the, yeah, the Paris Hilton one. Better movie than this. Wow, that is saying something, people. Better movie than this. There are wrong turn sequels that are better movies than this, and I'm including number six. Number six or number seven? I forget. Good. Anyway. Okay, let's move swiftly on. So on streaming now from Amazon Prime, from Wednesday next week, you can catch 21 Bridges, which I remember seeing this 
I think it was really good. So basically, a crime happens, and the only option for the uh, police force to do is to shut all 21 bridges around Manhattan to lock it off. How are you going to do this? There are 21 bridges in and out of Manhattan. Shut them down. Three rivers, close them. Four tunnels, block them. Stop every train that leaves the island. Amtrak Path, New Jersey Transit, LIRR, Metro North, and loop the subways. Then, we flood the island with blow. Brilliant idea from both Miss Perfect and then Chaswick Boseman there. There we go. Chaswick. Chadwick. 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 <laughs> Chadwick. Sounds like a butcher's. Ch- Chadwick. Chadwick is his 80s, is, is the 80s white guy answer to Chadwick Boseman. He has long, slick back hair and his name is Chadwick. Nice. There we are. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this film. I think it worked really well. It kept good suspension, uh, worked with a nice sort of individual concept of it. 21 Bridges. Who knew? I mean, you learn a new fact every day. That would go down great in a pub quiz. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The, the, this is the thing. The right, because it's written by the Russo brothers, I believe. They have a hand, or they produce it, or something like that. And one of the whole things was uh, they could not actually find out how many bridges they were. They guessed oh, how many bridges okay. they were. Oh, okay. Fine. Because one of one of the titles of the film, you can still find it listed online as this, is 17 Bridges. So, <laughs> swings and roundabouts. I like this. Uh, I, really I like Chadwick like Boseman in it. I think he gets to do something a bit different. He gets to play sort of a, a bit more of an aggressive lead for a change versus something like his Black Panther role or even Marshall, which I thought was very good as well. It's a, it's a, um, it's a really strong kind of, you know, cop drama with a twist in it. And I think that's the best way to kind of describe this. So you've got something on streaming here with 21 Bridges. You've got some DVD and Blu-rays out with Star Wars, maybe not so much Black Christmas. And you know what? That is your whole batch of things to watch for this week on your TV movies, as well as theatrical that you're able to watch within the comfort of your own home too. So I think that's us for another week, man. That sounds like it to me. Tune in next time when we remain on our couches, I guess. We're, we're not going to really be doing anything different. But I promise that we won't sound so surprised that we're in lockdown, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll get used to this eventually. It's only been about six weeks, but we'll we'll get used to this. If it's been six weeks, I don't know anymore. Time has no meaning It's, it's only been about four. <laughs> don't worry. Anyway, guys. But you, you know what does have meaning, though, is movies, and that's the important part. So we'll we'll return in another seven days, I guess, with another batch of movies. We will indeed. And in the meanwhile, that's... Uh, well, that, this has been off screen. I've been Bangkok. And I've been Bex Perfect, and we'll see you tuned in on lockdown next week. <laughs>